Wow, what an amazing week of football. So far, week five is my favorite week so far. Tuesday Night Football is a huge addition to my week. We're going to get into everything week five on episode six of Jake and Benny's Backyard Football, so stay tuned. We've had a lot of football to take in this week, and we've had a ton of good games. What was your game of the week, Jake? I'm going to have to go with Sunday Night Football, Seahawks and Vikings. That was by far my favorite game. There was a ton of other good ones, but this one put on the edge for me just because watching Russell Wilson was amazing in that game. I mean, you give almost every other team a chance with a minute left to score a touchdown, a game-winning touchdown from the the three-yard line. It's probably not going to happen. But Russell Wilson made that happen. He went 97 yards down the field and scored with still time left. I think that's amazing. Um, Both teams played really well. The Vikings, I'm not going to discredit them. They played really good. They surprised me for sure. They really should have kicked that field goal. I mean, I know a lot of people were really rooting for them to go on that fourth and inches because it's an easy pickup, but Bobby Wagner stopped that ball with his arm. If his arm was not right there at that exact spot, that would have been a first down Vikings win. But uh, if they would have kicked that, they would have won the game because the Seahawks missed that uh, two-point conversion. But overall, I just think that watching Russell Wilson make these huge connections with Metcalf especially, it's huge for this team. And... The Vikings, it showed that they're maybe not as bad as the team as everyone says they are. They kept it up with the Seahawks that whole game. They shut them out for the complete first half. And I don't know, it was just a really good game. Maybe maybe the Vikings can make a turnaround on the season. But one thing I do want to bring up is not going for it on that fourth and inches. That kind of just shows that the team doesn't really have faith in their kicker, which is kind of unfortunate. Um, Considering it's from the three-yard line. (laughs) Yeah, uh, definitely caught with their tail between their legs on that game but take out those minor inconsistencies and i think the vikings could make a turnaround for the season my game of the week i had this week was the buccaneers and the bears that was a close game until the very end tom brady actually played pretty well uh definitely showed signs of his older self in that um how about nick Foles though nick Foles played out of his mind he did great as well i wanted to bring up he had a few overthrows Mm -hmm. but it was more than enough to bring the Bears that win in that last second field goal. Going into that game, I would have told you the Bucks are winning. Every day of the week, I said the Bucks are winning, the Bucks are winning, the Bucks are winning. But no, the Bears are actually, they're really surprising. Mm-hmm. They're, they've been surprising this whole season. Uh, underdog team, definitely. Nobody would have thought that the Bears are 4-1 and one right now. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, with Nick Foles at the helm and Allen Robinson as their top receiver, I think that offense is great. The defense has been showing off as well. We'll see how the rest of the season fares for the Bears, but so far, 4-1 and one is looking great for them. There's another game I want to bring to our attention. Uh, last night's game, the Titans and the Bills. That was a surprising game. Same for thing sure. as the Bucks and Bears. I could have gone in every, every day saying, oh man, the Bills are going to kill the Titans because usually when a team gets to practice every day against a team that only does two practices in 16 days, that's concerning. That's definitely concerning, and not to mention that they have a top three MVP candidate at quarterback in Josh Allen. And the Titans looked kind of rough against other teams. Like, uh, yeah, they haven't been playing amazing football, but they really kind of killed the the Bills. The Bills, yeah. Uh, Josh Allen, amazing quarterback, but he really underperformed that game. He definitely underperformed. It was pretty tough to see. He had two touchdowns, two picks. Uh, Malcolm Butler on the receiving end of both of those. How about Ryan Tannehill, though? Ryan Tannehill played great. He had an amazing game. Ryan Tannehill had an amazing game that week, and 
I do got to say that that last touchdown pass to increase the score to 42, he was over the line of scrimmage. Definitely. That play should have been called back. But I think regardless, that's still they still would have gotten a touchdown on that game. They were playing great. Derrick Henry with that monster stiff arm against Josh Norman. That was great. He just straight threw <laughs> him to the ground. So do you think this game raises any concerns for the Bills? I think, honestly, I don't think it does. I think the Bills might have been a little on a 4-0 hangover, you know? I think they were a little too caught up with, oh, the Titans only had a couple weeks, a, a couple days of practice. Yeah. I don't think, I think they were, I think they underestimated the Titans. Mm, they didn't go in. They didn't go in as they usually do, I yeah. think. And if the Bills go out and get a loss in week six, I think that it will be concerning. But for now, I think the Bills are still in a pretty good spot. And speaking of this game, I addressed earlier Malcolm Butler had two interceptions. He also had seven tackles. And on those two interceptions, he had 97 return yards, which put him at my defensive player of the week. And for my offensive player of the week, opposite conference, I have Kyler Murray. He had 380 yards, one touchdown, one interception, but he also rushed for 31 yards and another touchdown. Who do you've got for your offensive and your defensive player of the week? So both amazing players right there, but I'm going to have to go with different players. And both of mine are going from the AFC this week. So for my offensive player, I'm going with wide receiver Chase Claypool. He had an amazing game for a rookie. 110 total yards, three catching touchdowns, and one rushing touchdowns. Insane. That's, that's an amazing week. I mean, especially for a guy that not a lot of people have really heard of. That's really good football. Uh, fantasy owners, I, I bet they're very happy they have them if they started him. And uh, my defensive player of the week goes to the Ravens, Patrick Queen. He had a pretty good, or pretty good, he had an amazing game with nine tackles, one sack, one forced fumble, and two fumble recoveries, which one of them was a 53-yard touchdown. Uh, granted, they did play the Bengals, but it takes a lot of skill for a defensive player to play a game like that. Yeah, getting a forced fumble, two forced fumble recoveries. And a touchdown. And a touchdown on top of that, even if it's against a pretty bad team. I think that's those are still numbers you can be excited for out of for your sure. defensive player. Patrick Queen played out of his mind against the Bengals. The whole Ravens team did, but it was against the Bengals. We had a lot of great games, and we also have a lot of news. So up in New York, they actually the Jets cut Le'Veon Bell today, which is a huge surprising move considering... Why have they not cut Adam Gase before him? <laughs> I know. The fact that Le'Veon, I think they must have misspelled Adam Gase or something. The fact that Le'Veon got cut, I don't know, instead of getting traded, I feel like you could have got some trade value out of him for sure. But they did come out and say it was in both of the best interests to just cut Le'Veon. We'll see if Le'Veon can sign somewhere. But The funny part I find about this situation is you go back to Jamal Adams. The trade happened because he was complaining about coaching. And then Le'Veon Bell was complaining about coaching the other day. And now he's cut. It makes me feel like maybe it's not the players. Maybe it's the coach. Oh, Adam it's yeah, it's for sure Adam Gaze. <laughs> yeah. I, the fact that he's still a coach is surprising. And the fact that he hasn't gotten fired is surprising. So where do you think uh, Le'Veon Bell's going to go? Honestly, he needs to go somewhere with an O-line. I think somehow, some way, he's going to end up on the Buccaneers. Something's telling me that. Even though they do have Leonard Fournette, they do have a good O-line as well. If for some reason Le'Veon can get on the Bucks, I think he'll do good. So the Falcons also made a lot of news this week with cutting. They finally cut Dan Quinn. 
and their GM, Thomas Dimitrov. Now, these two cuts are pretty significant, especially Dan Quinn. I know, I know a lot of Falcons fans absolutely hate this man. What do you think is up next for Dan? Honestly, for Dan Quinn, he does not have a good resume for being a head coach. I think he just needs to go back to his coordinator days when he was a defensive coordinator over in Seattle. I think he can pick up a D coordinator job because the Falcons defense was pretty solid. You know, they got Tack McKinley. They got a lot of good players over there and they played pretty well. I think that if he goes somewhere, he needs to play D coordinator. And I think that's his best interest right now. See, I can honestly see him going back to Seattle because everyone knows that Seahawks need a new defensive coordinator. Because sure. what they have now is not working out. Maybe bringing back the man who made the famous Legion of Boom could bring that new energy to the Seahawks and help them build a good defense. Yeah, maybe Dan Quinn just wasn't ready to be a head coach. I don't think he ever should have been. It might have been one of those, oh, uh, this coordinator helped this team go to the Super Bowl. Let's make him a head coach. Mm -hmm. I just think, I just don't think Dan Quinn was ready to be a head coach. Now we talked about cuts and we might have another potential one coming up. Melvin Gordon has been caught with a DUI. What do you think about this? Uh, man, I don't know. I really see... I really hate seeing this happen to players. I know it's their fault, but I, I don't know. It's his fault. He, he deserves getting pulled over. He's going 25 miles per hour over the speed limit. He was drunk, and it sucks to see, but if you're going to be irresponsible like that, you deserve the consequences. I hate to see it. He's a great player for the Broncos, but I think it's definitely deserved. Because if you're doing that kind of stuff, you're not just putting yourself in danger, you're putting others in danger. As well as putting the face of the team in danger. Exactly. You know, this brings a bunch of negative energy to the Broncos organization. I don't think they like that. And he has been making plays this season for the Broncos. But I do think that this was also a last chance at reviving his career because he didn't have a last good, you know, couple seasons over in LA. I just, my heart's. I don't know what to say. I really don't know what to say about Melvin Gordon. Whatever comes his way, it's well-deserved. So in some other news, the Pro Bowl has been canceled for this year because due to COVID. Chris Godwin might return this week, which is huge for the Bucks. I mean, if he was there last week, they might have won that game. I think they definitely would have. He's He was definitely a target for Tom Brady early on. And then Kyle Allen for the football team, he's going to stay as a starter despite Alex Smith's performance. Honestly... I understand it. Uh, Alex Smith coming back and playing for that game. I think it was just to cement him for comeback player of the year. Yeah. Kyle Allen, I understand him taking that starting job. Makes me feel a little sad for Alex Smith because, you know, that comeback story would have been great. It still is great. But what are your thoughts? I think that Kyle Allen has more recent NFL experience. Alex Smith is a good quarterback. And I love his story. I think it's really great that he's back in the league. I know his family was really nervous to see him back on that field, especially against Aaron Donald. But I don't know. I think Kyle Allen has more recent NFL experience, and that's what they need right now because Dwayne Haskins wasn't cutting it. Uh, he only played 10 games, so they need an experienced player. I think Kyle Allen is the right move. I want to see Alex Smith start eventually. Hopefully that could happen, but I think right now is Kyle Allen's turn. That's... Um... That's a great insight, and I think it's crazy that the day that Alex Smith comes back from a leg injury, Dak Prescott goes down with one of the most horrifying injuries I've seen in a while. His ankle was com almost completely detached from his leg. Prayers out to him. I, 
he was the sole heart of that Cowboys offense. They have a great receiving core, but they can't do anything without a good quarterback. I know I give Dak a lot of crap, but I think he's a great quarterback, and I feel for him. I hope that he's okay. I pray that he could get back before the season ends, but the way it looks, it's just not possible. Dak was on pace for an NFL history type season. He was doing great. I definitely gave him flack just because I give anybody in a Cowboys uniform flack. But doing some research on who Dak is as a person and hearing his story, all the hardship that he fought up to his college season and even during that college season, losing his mother and even even recently, he lost his brother due to suicide. This man has fought through so much adversity. My heart definitely goes out for Dak Prescott and Dak Prescott's team, family. I think the Cowboys will finally realize that Dak was definitely a needed piece in their offense. We'll see if Andy Dalton can step up. In my opinion, I don't think he can. But Dak Prescott being removed from that offense, that's definitely tough. And this also kind of shows why I think the franchise tag is uh, flawed. Because really what the franchise tag is, they're kind of just banking on whether he was going to have a good season or not. And Mm -hmm. with this high ankle injury, he already had his surgery. But they did say he might not even play in 2021. This obviously leads to him going to free agency. And it really makes me sad because he's not going to have, you know, another contract. He has nothing to really fall back on. He got hurt and there's nothing else he can do. I'm really hoping that he comes back. He makes an amazing comeback and just prayers out to him. For another major injury, we do have Chandler Jones over with the Cardinals. He is a key point in that Cardinals defense. Losing him is definitely tough. And for the Buccaneers, they lose their star D-tackle, Vita Vea, and they do lose another defense player in Jack Sinchi. The Buccaneers, we'll see. That defense definitely needed both of those players. We'll see where they can go from there. So just for some minor injuries, Sammy Watkins is out again. Lorenzo Carter is out for the Giants. And DJ Reader is out for the Texans. Definitely thoughts and prayers out for those that have been injured this week. Let's go ahead and just jump into some COVID news because we do have some more developing stories over there. The Panthers and the Falcons have been quarantined as the Falcons rookie D-tackle Marlon Davidson tested positive for the case. And Do you think the NFL is really doing a good job on protecting their players from COVID? Yes, because so far, all these these COVID cases that we have seen have not been because of the NFL because he got it from an outside source most likely because then somebody else would have to have it on the team. So I just think it's the players being not irresponsible because you can get it from anywhere. But I think it's the players' responsibility more than the NFL's. But I think it's the way the NFL deals with it, it's their responsibility. Um, I know they've been talking about adding another week to football, which I think would be – I'd like. I'd love another week for football. But honestly, I say – if there is an outbreak in the NFL, they just need to shut it down for two or three weeks and then resume the season again. I think that idea is great. Just give two to three weeks for everybody to, you know, get their mind right and, you know, stay healthy. And the other idea was also pretty well. I think maybe a two or three week extension for makeup games. Mm-hmm. I think that wouldn't be too bad of an idea either. But I think putting the season on hold just for a couple weeks would be a better move. Because, yeah, it's, it's going to get really hard here in a few weeks to keep moving on the schedule for bye weeks because it just, it's just not going to work. So I think having a few more weeks just for makeup games would be pretty nice. 
but who knows? Whatever the NFL decides, they need to make a quick and they need to make a smart decision because something else that came out is that they decided to not have a bubble scenario for the playoffs. I mean, I think that's super dumb. Uh, the NBA, they did it. They had more teams in the playoffs than football does. So the amount of people would honestly even out. What's crazy is they didn't even have a single COVID case. Not nope. one. The NBA, I love the way they did it. Having a bubble for the playoffs was perfect. Great idea. But the NFL just won't do it. I'm not sure why. Maybe it's too expensive, but they're a billion-dollar corporation. They can make it happen. And I think they should. Definitely. For some positive COVID news, we have no positive COVID cases for the Titans. So that shows that they quarantined and they took it handled seriously. it. Yeah, they took it seriously and they handled it very well. And for New England, they also had some... They also had some cases. They were there with the Titans. Cam Newton and Stephon Gilmore returned for the New England Patriots. That's I, huge for them. That's huge for them. Yeah, without Cam Newton, the offense looked staggered. Cam Newton definitely is an important piece of that offense. And Stephon Gilmore, last year's defensive player of the year. I think those are both huge for the Patriots. Do you think the Patriots are going to start winning games consistently now with those two? Oh, I definitely think so. They might be a threat to the Bills now, too. I mean... The Bills are 4-1, uh, and one, Patriots are 2-2, two and two, but if the Bills lose this week, then, then both teams would have two losses if the Patriots win, which they're playing an uh, injured Denver team, so I, I'm counting on them winning. Um, so, I don't know. I think that the Patriots, with these players back, it might be a turnaround point in the se early season. Now, I think with, with that being said, that division, might, the AFC East, might be a little underrated as well, but the Dolphins playing out of their minds against the 49ers, I think those three teams, definitely not the Jets, but those three teams listed, the Dolphins, the Bills, and the Patriots, I think they can make some noise over in the AFC East, and that's why I'm going to approach my hot take right now. I think that the Dolphins are finished tanking. I think they're on board for a mediocre season at best, 6-10, and 8-8 eight and eight around that area. I think that they're finished tanking. What do you think about that? I could agree for the most part with that. It honestly depends how they play against better teams. Because they played against a very injured 49ers team. And yeah, they balled out 43-17. to They killed them. Another game expected the 49ers to win. I like that point. But keep in mind that same injured 49ers team didn't have Jimmy Garoppolo last week. And they still won the previous week. Yep. So, uh, it just depends on when they play, like, really good teams. If they could keep... I mean, I know they played Seattle. They kept it a, a two-score game, and that was pretty impressive that by them. That surprised me, yeah. I think, uh, yeah, they're done tanking. They're obviously trying. And once they bring Tua back, maybe their chances go even higher. Yeah, we'll see if Tua can further exfoliate that offense. And I also want to talk about Jimmy Garoppolo for a second. He did not look good in that game at no, all. He was maybe, off the mark. Maybe it was just him coming back for the first week off of an injury. But this raises some concerns for the 49ers. I mean, I like Jimmy G, but I've been saying this for a while now. He's a below average quarterback. Yep. You look back at last year, multiple games. I'm going to use the Seahawks and Niners game, for example, when it went to overtime. The moment that game went to overtime, Jimmy G just like forgot how to play football. He looks so flustered. every every pass was either overthrown, underthrown. They could have easily won that game if they had a good quarterback. I'm not saying Jimmy G isn't good, but he's below average. Yep. The Super Bowl. The Super Bowl is my other example. Exactly. Yeah, he overthrew Emmanuel Sanders on probably the game winning yeah. touchdown. 
they it just shows that Jimmy G, when he's playing against bad teams, he looks great. But when he needs to really start playing good football, he just can't perform. And you look at the playoffs, almost the whole entire playoff run. Uh, in the Packers game, in the NFC Championship, Jimmy G barely threw the ball. It was just all running by Mostert. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. So, yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, maybe they should take for Trevor Lawrence. Maybe they should. I think I think a new quarterback over there might be smart for the 49ers. We'll just have to see where they go from there. Anyways, building off of hot takes, what's your hot take? So, my hot take is Joe Burrow is not going to win Rookie of the Year. I have Justin Herbert winning it. Her, I know they're both 1-3, and three, but Herbert played amazing football on Monday night. Oh, he was making passes that... I did, he was threading the needle the most. Um, he looked like a veteran out there. He did. He was carrying the team on his back for sure. I like his poise. I like his quiet demeanor. I think he's definitely a candidate for rookie of the year. Um, you look over in Cincinnati. I know Joe Burrow does not have a good team surrounding him. Wide receiver is almost non-existent. O-line might as well have known on that field. And the situation for them is a lot different. But overall, I think Herbert's playing better right now. Uh, th- was it three or four touchdowns on I think about Monday. Three. I, think three. I think three touchdowns, which was really good for a rookie on primetime. I mean, you go back to Drew Brees' first Monday night performance, he threw zero touchdowns and I think three or four interceptions. Mm-hmm. Complete opposite for this young guy. So I think that Justin Herbert is going to win rookie of the year. I think so too. Um, I, would, I was really rooting for Joe Burrow to win rookie of the year the plays he was making in the first two weeks was amazing and the plays that he's making now are still amazing but it does stem down to the fact that justin herbert and the chargers have just more talent than the cincinnati Bengals, and i think that's what's really gonna carry justin herbert to rookie of the year so for this week we have three weird stats to start off the browns are four and one for the first time in 26 years the last time this happened they had belichick in as head coach there has been four presidents since the Browns went four and one. Also, Friends has only premiered, but gone through the whole entire series since they were four and one. Other news, other stats: the both New York teams are five zero oh and five for the first time in NFL history, and the last team to win was an XFL team. And the last weird stat: Ryan Tannehill almost ran out Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry was got 57 yards off of 19 rushes, and Tannehill got 41 off of four. Could you imagine if Tannehill outran Derrick Henry? That'd be crazy, because Derrick Henry is one of the most praised running backs in the game, for good reason. Mm-hmm. But he cannot get any kind of rush started. And he got two touchdowns, which helped him win in fantasy. But uh, other than that, he had a really quiet game. Yeah, any other running back, I think that would have been a quiet game, minus that stiff arm, because that stiff arm definitely brought him some attention. Yeah. That definitely scrubbed off the, you know, 57 yards that he only rushed. Uh, I think he needs to pick it up a little, get back to those 150-yard games, because I think the highest um, rushing attempt game he's had, or rushing yard game he's had this year, went for 119, and I think that was week one. Considered last year, I think, what was his biggest one in the playoffs? I think it was other... It, it was. I think it might have been three hundred yards. It, it was close to two hundred. I think, or it was like two two twenty. I think. Oh, okay, but yeah, amazing running back. Hopefully, he gets it together. But yeah, Ryan Tannehill had an amazing week. Now going over to the New York thing, having both teams zero and five for the first time ever, especially with the last football team winning with being the XFL Guardians, like. 
That's just embarrassing. That's Maybe em- the Guardians should replace them. I know. Promote the Guardians. Promote the Guardians to the NFL. Demote the Jets to the XFL. Kind of like on some soccer type stuff. Um, I think this is pretty sad being a New York fan uh, of football because it's not like, oh, the Giants are doing bad. Let me fall back on the Jets. No, the Jets are even worse. Um, that's uh, New York football is unabysmal to say. Now, I know you're a Browns fan. How about how do you feel about them being four and one right now? It's been years since I've seen a win, like multiple wins in the win column. Uh, I was there for 0 and 16 to 1 and 15, and then 7, 8 and 1. Seeing that we opened up, all right, I was already ecstatic with the 3 and 1 opener because opening up 3 and 1, that's the first time we opened up 3 and 1 since 2001. And seeing us open up 4 and 1, I. I finally know what it's like to root for a winning team. What's your opinion on Mayfield? Do you think he should still be a starter? Mayfield definitely needs to pick it up. Um, he's not. He had two abysmal-looking interceptions. Both of those were like straight to the defenders. I don't know where he was going with those. Mayfield really needs to pick it up. I think on those interceptions, he was pressured. He was running out of the pocket. I think he just needs to learn how to throw away the ball. And I make a couple better decisions on the field. I think he definitely has a high ceiling, but I think his attitude and his demeanor, I think that's really limiting how far he can excel to that ceiling. So all I got to say for Baker Mayfield is pick it up, make better decisions, and if you have to, just throw the ball away and live to see another down. So to end this week, we're going to talk about the Raiders. Dominated the Chiefs. Derek Carr had one of his career games. I talked down on him at the beginning of the season and still... I think even last week and the week before, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just not a big fan of Derek Carr. He had a career week. He's actually doing great this season. That O-line is looking phenomenal. And to pull out a win on the Kansas City Chiefs. At know, Arrowhead. At Arrowhead, one of the mo- one of, I think, the number one NFL team in the league right now. To pull out a win on them, I think that's crazy for the Raiders. Um, for sure. What do you think about it? Uh, I totally agree. The Raiders have improved so much in one season. I mean, another only uh, three and two right now, but they need the Chiefs to lose one game, and they're at the top if they keep winning as well. Um, it's just they look really good right now. Josh Jacobs is playing good. Uh, having Henry Ruggs back was huge for them. He oh, made, he, yeah, he, uh, he made those deep plays special. He balled out. That speed. That's they say speed kills, and that shows. Now I want to talk about the Chiefs really quick, but they've been kind of concerning this season. Now, losing to the Raiders at home while you're, like, one of the only teams that has fans, that's that's pretty big. That is big, but to be fair, they were in the game. But then you go back to last week when they played the Patriots. Same thing. They had a horrible start on offense. That, yeah. This might raise some con- uh, concerns to the Chiefs. Um, I'm not sure. But the Raiders are looking really good. Uh, defense looks solid. They were able to stop Patrick Mahomes multiple times. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's been a been a wild season so far it's been a crazy week it's been a crazy year for football for sure i think the raiders i think they might have a shot at making wild card playoffs oh for sure i think definitely uh they're playing really good football as we just said um they are definitely one of the top like teams in the afc i'd say i would definitely put them in the top 10 category uh yeah they're looking good playing good they're gonna get a wild card spot i could bet on that 
yeah, we'll see where it goes from here for the Raiders. And that brings a close to episode six of Jake and Benny's Backyard Football. Thank you all for joining us this week. And make sure to tune in next week for way more NFL coverage. Don't forget to follow all of our social medias. Our Instagram is Backyard Football Podcast. Our Facebook is Jake and Benny's Backyard Football. And our Twitter is Jake and Benny FB. This has been Jake and Benny's Backyard Football. Have a great week, everybody. Yeah.